we sharing a mic, Michelle says. We are not, because it's COVID, Michelle. Silly me. Good morning, Cedar Valley Church, and welcome. My name is Rob, and I have here to my right. Hi, my name is Michelle. Fantastic. And welcome to the service this morning. Um, we're glad you're here. Um, if it's your first time, definitely a special welcome to you. And if it's your first time viewing online, a special welcome to you as well. Um, we'd love to get to know you better. And um, you can help us by getting to know you. You can give us a shout at hello at cedarvalley.ca. Uh, you can comment online if you're joining us online. And here on campus, you can find someone wearing a lanyard plate. That's right, these swank lanyards. The best ways to stay informed about things going on in our community is by following us on Facebook, Instagram, or signing up for our weekly email newsletter at cedarvalley.ca. While you're there, cedarvalley.ca, you'll also find ways to give financially to the world and the ministry of Cedar Valley Church. We have been so blessed by our online and on-campus community to continue reaching, teaching, and bringing the gospel into our city of mission. Let's share a few announcements here really quickly. Uh, the first of them being Christmas Eve. Wow, that's like five days away. We're getting close. That's wild. So uh, Christmas Eve will begin early for us in the sense that we have uh, the church invited into working with other churches in the city on reverse advent calendar. So the drop-off of your hampers for that is between 10 a.m. and noon down at St. Joseph's Food Bank. And if you can't make it that morning, and that's understandable, they'd welcome that you drop that off anytime between Christmas and New Year. So no worries. But otherwise, we'll see you down there Friday, 10 a.m., alongside Northview Church and Parkside would be Cedar Valley Church. And then the service is at 5, sort of a family-friendly service be pretty casual kind of Christmas carols, hot drinks, a celebration of the birth of Jesus, a winter-themed birthday party, if you will. And then December 26th, we have a service, but it'll only be online. So if you can't get online, we're going to encourage you to find someone that you could sit with, uh, someone you are COVID-friendly with, that is to say, and watch the service online with them. So we're going to get our morning service started here shortly. Um, we're going to start with a time of worship. There will be um, worship singing with music. There will be lyrics on the screen for you to follow. And we invite you to join in however you feel comfortable, standing, sitting, whatever. If you're at home, we welcome you to sit along with us. And after that, we've got a special lesson for the kids. If you're joining us online or at home or if you're on campus here, we'll be Dismissing the kids ages 3 to grade 6 to head downstairs for a service design just for them. If you haven't signed them in yet, just find someone wearing, again, these swank lanyards, and they'll help you out in the lobby. And after that, we're continuing this morning in our Christmas series, Jesus Changes Everything. Not just 2,000 years ago, but also today. Jesus changes the world, the church, and us. This morning, Pastor Douglas is bringing us a message on how Jesus changes us. Mm -hmm. That's a personal message. Let's pray then in that same spirit, and uh, we'll welcome our worship team to get us started in that way. Father God, what a season. 
it's like the world stops, and maybe, maybe it should, to think about who you are and your son, his coming to this earth, part of your plan, to say to a world, hey, you adore them, and you have something in mind for them, a complete and utter transformation of their hearts. Hearts that would formerly have been maybe away from or disconnected from you. But this offer through your son for, towards life and restored relationship with you is the heart of Christmas. For anyone, someone who's close to Jesus or someone who's not known Jesus or someone who hasn't heard of Jesus or someone who doesn't want to think about Jesus, you come for all of us to say, I love you. So may we enter into that spirit this morning as we think about how your arrival on the planet, that way Jesus changes everything, including us. And as we enter into this Christmas week, may it be uh, less about the busyness, less about buying gifts, less about the candy and the chocolate, all those things are okay, but more about your son, more about you more about your spirit that you've left. Your mind is about both. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Rob and Michelle. Um, we're just a few days away from Christmas, and there's uh, just something about listening to Christmas carols and uh, singing familiar songs that um, just reminds us of how what a beautiful season it is. Um, and we're just so thankful to be able to do that with you guys. And so if you want to stand and sing with us, we're going to start with uh, Joy to the World. And uh, yeah, I, my, my prayer for this season is for us just to remind ourselves that Jesus is a child, as a small, innocent, helpless without... Mary was brought to us as this precious gift and the king and savior of the world and uh, we just want to we just want to extend that to people in our community so please stand with us as we sing this morning
praise your name forever.
Lord, you are the light of the world. We praise you for that. Jesus, you are the light of the world. We want to be your beacon of light in this community. Teach us, show us, lead us. And thank you for this time of worship. In your name, amen. worship team. That's fantastic. I have not heard that last Christmas carol. Have you guys? Have you heard that up there? Is that, is that, Grant, is that a new song? Is that a new carol? Yeah, it's beautiful. Thanks so much, guys. That's beautiful. Have that sun coming in too, by the way. Just to transition us slightly, as you saw the kids' uh, logo in behind me here, we're going to head downstairs very shortly. But just to break the ice for that, I have a couple of real groaner sort of Christmas questions for you here. Are you ready? There's no prize. This is just the, the pride of getting the question correctly. What do you call an old... Okay, kids, are you ready? you got to help the adults here. What do you call an old snowman? What do you think? Yeah. Frosty. Okay, good guess. Yeah. No. Old man? That's a good guess. Yeah, at the back there. A puddle. You are correct. A puddle. He's teaching this morning, so that's good news. He's on top of things. I've got to refresh my screen here. Give me a minute. Mm, no, that didn't do it. How about this? What is the first things elves learn in school? Okay, how about over here? Let's see. What do you got? Yes? Yeah, he knows. Okay, sure. Do you want to answer? Learning to climb down the chimney. An excellent chance of that happening. Uh, maybe you have it. The elf bet. No. Last one. You're so right. That's correct. Well done. That's good. Last one. Are you ready for this one? Here we go. What do you get when Santa goes down the chimney with a lit fire. What happens? He gets light on fire. Excellent. What's that? A burnt red coat, yeah? And then when he bounces back out, he'll get stuck on the roof because he's kind of, yeah, that's good. That's all the understanding of physics there. Okay. Uh, so what you actually get, if you're ready for this, is crisp Kringle. Thank you. Thank you. I didn't write it, but that's nice. Thank you. Yeah. So we're going to head downstairs very shortly. And by way of segueing that, we're going to show you a clip of some of the content that we're going to be covering this morning, Jackie and I teaching. It's Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 20. And... Uh, Pastor Doug has been using Orange Curriculum, which is fantastic. There's all these cool videos. We're going we're gonna to actually tease you with one of them right now. So do you have a sense, congregation, of what our kids are learning downstairs and how that's happening? We're actually using a slightly different video, but this one's very good as well. So we'll cue that up. And kids, would you join me in the sign-up room?
Hey, Kellen. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, indeed. Whoa. Those are quite the outfits, fellas. Oh, thank you. What have you guys been up to today? Oh, just proving to each other who celebrates Christmas the best. Oh, I don't, I don't really know if there's a best way to celebrate. No. I mean, there's definitely a why we celebrate and a who we celebrate, but the way we celebrate can look different for different people. Mm-hmm. You got a story for us today, Kellen? Absolutely. And your awesome outfits have actually inspired me. We're going to tell the story of Christmas with Laundry Theater. Oh. Our story today comes from the book of Luke, chapter 2. There was a young woman named Mary, and Mary was pregnant, but the child she was carrying was extremely special. It was the Son of God. Mary was engaged to a man named Joseph. The time came for a census to be taken. That's where everyone in the Roman world would be counted. So, Mary and Joseph had to travel to the hometown of Joseph's family, Bethlehem. Mary and Joseph packed up what they would need for their journey. And they left the town of Nazareth for Bethlehem. It probably took several days before they got there. When they got to Bethlehem, there was a problem. There was nowhere for them to stay. The only place they could stay was with the animals. It was there that Jesus was born. He was wrapped in strips of cloth and placed in a manger. God's precious son given to the world and placed in a feeding trough. And if that wasn't incredible enough, God was about to announce the birth of Jesus to the world in a special way. You would think he would announce it to the kings and queens of the world or to the rich and famous, but no. There were shepherds living in the fields nearby, and they were taking care of their sheep. And then an angel appeared to them, and they were terrified. But the angel told them not to be afraid. The angel gave them good news. A savior had been born to them in Bethlehem. They could find the baby wrapped in strips of cloth and lying in a manger. And then a whole group of angels appeared and began praising God. When the angels left, the shepherds decided to go to Bethlehem to see what had happened. The shepherds found the baby Jesus just as the angels had told them. And then... They went out and told everyone they could about the good news of Jesus, that there was a reason to celebrate because God had sent a Savior. The end. Wow, that, that was incredible. Yeah. Who knew laundry could be so moving? Well, it's an incredible story. It's the reason we celebrate Christmas. I noticed there weren't a lot of bigger is better, more is more, Christmas extravaganza stuff happening that first Christmas. No, it was kind of the opposite. It was small, a little baby, born to a young woman in the middle of nowhere, in a place meant for animals. And the first people that knew God had sent a savior were a few nearby shepherds. So the best way to celebrate Christmas might not be the biggest? Yeah. But there are a lot of different ways to celebrate. 
Going all out with decorations, that's one. Then there's giving gifts or seeing family, eating good food. All of those are great. But we should always remember that the real reason we celebrate is that God gave us Jesus. Hey, thanks, Kellen. Yeah, Merry Christmas, Kellen. Merry Christmas, fellas. I'll see you next time. Hmm. Indeed, Jesus changes. Am I on here, Grant? Thank you. Thanks, Grant. Jesus changes everything, including us. And uh, that's reason to celebrate. And if you've been watching the news, you probably heard that there are 12 families and their friends and churches that are celebrating this Christmas season because um, the last 12 um, kidnapped missionaries in Haiti were released this past week. And so there's joy and celebration of God's goodness and protection in the midst of a world that is chaotic and that does not have its heart and mind centered on the wonderful work of Jesus Christ, God's Son. So we can celebrate that and so many other things. God, we thank you for this morning. There's opportunity to gather in your name. God, it was a, a, a special drive or even walk over here. God, for those who are still watching from home and, and looking out their front windows, you blanketed our corner of the world with, with a fresh layer of, of wonderful snow. The beauty, the whiteness, the newness. God, thank you for that gift right at this time. But a reminder of your power, your control of this world that you've created. God, not just for us to enjoy, but God, for us to, to live in, to live out your grace and your love. God, we thank you for the release of the, the hostages in, in Haiti. There now on their way home to their different families. They celebrate this gift of being together at Christmas time. Thank you for their work and their commitment and their, their bravery in a place and a part of the world where many are not sympathetic to your name. God, thank you for this morning for your son. Indeed, and as we look at how you change the world, 
and what it means to be the church. God, it all starts with us. Each one of us receiving that gift and allowing your gift to change our lives. Continue with us, we pray, this morning. Amen. At 7.05 exactly in the morning, Jenny and I stand at the kitchen window at our place. Now, this time of the year, there's not a lot to see because it's still dark outside, but we stand at the window and we watch and we wait. As we peer through the darkness, sometimes it's a few minutes and minutes and we, we wait and we watch, anticipating their arrival. And we're usually not long at the window, maybe just a few minutes, because usually at 7.07 a.m., down the street we can see headlights and they're coming our way. The vehicle is large and yellow, and then we see the, a school bus slowly rumbling by, and we stand at the window and we wave. Two of our grandkids are on that bus, and they're heading to school as they make their way past our place. We stand there, and then we wait. We, we anticipate their arrival, even though it's not long. Soon, they're out of sight. What kind of things do you find yourself waiting for with anticipation. Maybe you can remember, or even through the life of your kids or grandkids, that first day of school, the new job, the raise, your engagement, the day of your wedding, the birth of a child. And you know, I don't know how if we can ever really be prepared for, especially the birth of our first child, we plan and we put things in place, and yet our lives change even more than we thought it would. We wait and we anticipate. Maybe it's waiting for that new home or a vacation. I remember that when we were in high school and in wintertime, when the snow was just right, we would take Fridays off and we would head up to Mount Baker to ski for the day. And you know, I anticipated that day so much that I couldn't sleep the night before. Thursday night was ruined and I would wake up more tired than when I went to bed, but the anticipation of that day on the slopes of Baker. And just so you know, it was $10 Fridays. You could ski at Baker for $10 Canadian back when I was in high school. Christmas morning. You probably still remember the anticipation waiting. Simeon. He waited more than a day, more than a week, a year. We're actually not sure how long he waited. 
But we know from the Bible that they've waited a minimum, the people of Israel, the people who call themselves the Jewish nation, they've been waiting for 400 years to hear from God. Now, when we read the Bible, especially the stories of the Old Testament, the way it's put together, hundreds and hundreds, thousands of years have been compressed into just, just that much. And it seems like God is talking to them audibly, presenting himself through angels and miracles almost daily. It's kind of the sense we get, but it was spread out. But now, after regularly hearing from God for hundred years, since he's revealed himself to them. So now the people are living off the stories of their grandparents, their great-grandparents, their great-great-grandparents. And they wait, but they know because in the book of Malachi, the last book of the Old Testament, before we get to Luke and Matthew and the stories of the arrival of Jesus, he said, someone is coming. He's coming specifically to, to you to change your world. And so they wait. And it had been 700 years since the voice of Isaiah and other prophets talked about this one who would come to change their world. Simeon's story is found in the book of Luke, chapter 2. Now it was standard practice. It was actually a part of the Jewish law that you would bring your child to the temple to be presented. And if your firstborn was a boy, then he was to be dedicated to the Lord, and there was a small sacrifice that was to be given. So Joseph and Mary show up at the temple with Jesus, the baby. And in Luke chapter 2, verse 25, we read, At that time there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout and was eagerly awaiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him and had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. That day the Spirit of the Lord led him to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord, as the law required, Simeon was there. Now, Simeon, we don't know a lot about him. Our minds think he's old, gray, maybe he shuffles. And he's just sitting there waiting. We don't know how old he is. It just says he's been waiting. The other 
thing that gives us the idea that maybe he's old is because he's been told he will not die until he sees the promised one, until he sees the one who will change everything. Not just for the people of Israel, but for the entire world. And so he waits. We don't know if he's old and gray, but our minds kind of draw that picture of him. And he eagerly awaits. He had been told that he would not die until he saw the Lord's Messiah. What kind of things are you hoping to experience before you die? I suppose it depends on, on how old you are. I distinctly remember in the months leading up to the time that Jenny and I were wed, that I prayed regularly, God, don't let me die before I get to be married. And there's other things we have in mind. God, please, I want to experience this. It may be personal or maybe for somebody else. But we have these things. God, please, before I die, in this life I would like to experience. And Simeon had been told specifically that he would not die until he saw the Lord's Messiah. And here he was. He took the child in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace, as you have promised. I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations, and he is the glory of your people. Jesus changes everything. You know, it's interesting. Last week at Cedar Valley Kids on Wednesday night, we were talking to the kids about characters of Christmas and some of their favorite ones from the Bible story that they really like. And of course, they were mentioning and talking about the shepherds and the angels and the wise men. And of course, Mary and Joseph. Some of them thought the donkey was really cool. I'm not even sure if there was a donkey there, but they thought the donkey was pretty neat. And then one of the boys said, hey, well, it's Jesus. Because there wouldn't be a Christmas without Jesus. And how true, sometimes we need to be reminded who Jesus really is. See, this is good news. This is great news. But for Jesus to live in us, we need to die to ourselves. See, for many, this is where the good news can turn into, well, I really need to think about it kind of news. You're asking a lot. To die to myself and the things that I really want to do and give my life to somebody else to control it and guide and direct. I may need to think about that for a while. See, part of the change that Jesus brings into this world is that there is a new king on the throne. Herod is an example, almost scarily like ourselves. 
Now, none of you are cruel and barbaric and a tyrannical despot who rose to power through murder and deceit. Included in those he executed in order to keep his power were his wife and his boys. People knew very well that an angry Herod was a dangerous Herod, and Herod flew into a rage when he heard that there was going to be a new king. And in our heart of hearts, how do we respond to a new king, to giving up control? But in order for change to take place, we have to give up that control. We have to change who we are, how we think, how we act, what we see, the very core of our being. For if the birth, the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus were not about drastic change in our lives, then it was a waste of time. It was an ill-conceived plan. It wasn't about a drastic change in who we are and how we live. See, we make plans for our life based on what we want to do and what we believe in. What you truly believe could be. Now, if you only kind of believe that airplanes could actually fly, you're probably not getting on. You need to fully believe that they can fly and there's a pilot in control who will get you to your destination. We need to really believe that Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world. And if you don't believe, here is your opportunity to believe. Because the good news of Jesus Christ changes our life. We have to give up control. Jesus is the fulfillment of God's plan of redemption. It reveals the purpose for our lives. John 10.10 10 said that Jesus' purpose was to give you, to give us a rich and satisfying life. Who doesn't want that? Who doesn't want to be in line for rich and satisfying? Not so much the what's in your wallet or purse. The richness of life, the fullness. Jesus sees our past, and he doesn't get hung up on that. Maybe you've heard about the lady in John 8, a woman who had a terrible past. She was caught in adultery. She was accused in front of the entire church, dragged up. Said, look at this horrible person. Jesus, what are you going to do about her? And Jesus said, well, I don't know about you. But I'm going to forgive her. And I'm going to make it possible for her to live a life that is new, that is different, that has changed. Jesus is all about change. See, through Jesus, God has made it personal. Romans 5.8 said, 
that God personally showed his love for us by sending his son. Now, if you are ready to give a ring to your girl, if it's time, you get on your knee. Do you mail it? Do you send a good friend to give it to her? You call her up and say, hey, why don't you go pick out a ring? I'll see you tomorrow. Oh, you go with it yourself. You deliver it personally. See, this was God personally delivering his love to us through his son, Jesus Christ. There's no more priests that we have to go through. There's no more hiding behind curtains as was in the temple. Now it's personal. And that makes a difference in our life. See, anticipated change isn't the only change that happens in our life. There's the unexpected. The change that maybe we fear but we don't want. A faith fateful diagnosis of your health, serious injury, death of a loved one, maybe you've been the victim of hate or a crime, loss of a job, maybe loss of a close friendship relationship, separation, divorce, or maybe even a a major moral failure. See, these things, they can change everything as well in our life. But through Jesus Christ, suffering and pain does not need to be the end of your story. You are not alone. The change that Jesus brings internally and eternally is far greater than the change of our circumstance. And to speak to that, we've got a video of Tom and Kim that we want to show this morning. And There's going to be others in the church here, Rick and a few others you're going to see in the coming weeks, um, about God has changed their life. So let's watch. Well, hello, Cedar Valley, and I am here with Tom and Kim, and we're excited about this moment because it was a little over a year ago that Jenny and I had the pleasure of meeting them in a coffee shop downtown, and pretty much ever since then, they've been a part of Cedar Valley. Uh, they've been attending services. They're part of a small group that meets at Deck Church, and even doing some service around here at the church, which is pretty cool. And they have been asking about membership here at Cedar Valley. And because of COVID and a host of other factors, it's taken us a little bit longer than we wanted, but here we are. So, Tom, Kim, we've got two questions for you. First of all, how has your faith in Jesus Christ impacted your life? Go ahead, yeah. Um, 
he, I would say, had reached down into the pits of hell and uh, and brought me to life. And, uh, and uh, he's just continued to change my life in every way imaginable and uh, has carried me through a lot of difficult times and uh, has graced me with a lot of wonderful, wonderful things. Oh, thank you so much. It's so encouraging to hear um, that the redemptive quality of who Jesus Christ is in our lives. Wonderful. Thank you. Tom, how about you? Uh, I've, um, through uh, uh, getting to know Jesus, and uh, uh, I've been given uh, an undeserved and an unearned gift And, and in the community, and I've come to realize that. Um, and uh, it's um, uh, when when uh, we've uh, moved into a new community, um, uh, we were uh, fortunate enough to meet with with Doug and Jenny, and um, to meet with uh, a great group of people um, that that welcomed us. Um, into the community and and uh, into this church and fellowship and uh, because of uh, because of attending through COVID and everything uh, but with uh, sometimes a deck church and when we weren't allowed to come um, it is just um, we've been um, it, it it's just it feels like community it, it feels like old um, old community and it, it's very welcoming and very warm, and it's something that um, um, we um, didn't expect. And um, I, I, I look forward to to uh, spending time here and, uh, and uh, with the church and, and with the people here because of uh, the welcome. You know that is so great to hear, and for Cedar Valley. Um, just understanding that how we are welcoming and engaging to people that we meet and um, check us out here, the, the church here up on the hill, um, we can make a difference. And it's, it's amazing, Tom, that you've kind of led us into our second question here already. Um, why is it membership at Cedar Valley? What attracts you to the church? You mentioned a few things, uh, but why membership here with uh, us? What? Uh, Cedar Valley um, does in the community and what they offer, the programs they offer, and and uh, the programs that we're allowed to work with within the church. Uh, we um, um, see what uh, Cedar Valley is doing, um, and and um, we uh, want to walk. It, it allows us to. Um, to do, to do what we're supposed to do with Christ in, in, in the community, which brings us um, to a verse in, in Colossians. Great. Why, why don't you share those? And that is here. And Kim, I think you have one, <coughs> one a verse as well. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And it, yeah. So this is from Colossians uh, 3, and this is uh, 12 to 15. And uh, God loves you and chooses you uh, as his own special people. Um, so be gentle, kind, humble, meek, and patient. Put up with each other, forgive anyone who does you wrong, just as Christ 
has forgiven you. Love is more important than anything else. It is what ties everything completely together. And that's, that's what, uh, that, that's what I, I hope to become and, and be a part of with Cedar Valley and in the community. And, uh, and, and, and what we have found here where, where we can do that and we can do that comfortably and with uh, a great group of people. Boy, isn't that a great image of what God has designed the church to be? Yeah. And we're working at that here. And with you a part of that, you're going to help us formulate what God has designed his church to be. So thank you so much. Kim, how about you? Do you, do you have a verse as well that you'd like to share? Um, yeah. Um. As Second uh, Corinthians 17, uh, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone, the new is here. And all this from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ, uh, gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And... Uh, I, I, we felt that um, God led us here. Uh, I had been a member of the Mennonite Church in Grand Forks, and um, when we were down here, we were looking for a church that we could call home, and uh, I sent out about five emails to different churches, and the only response we got was from here, and... Um, and it's like somebody reached in my computer and just stole all those other emails, you know. <laughs> Anyhow, and from there we met you and, and Jenny, and uh, we've been welcomed so uh, so hugely by um, the porch or the deck group, and uh, and uh, and they are family, and this church. Uh, has been going through a, a period of transition and struggle, and uh, and we feel that um, that our place is here and and to serve as best we can. Well, thank you so much for those kind words about Cedar Valley, but also the testimony of the work of God through Jesus Christ in your lives. And we want to celebrate that as a church, and that's what we're doing here. And at this time, I'm going to ask Michelle our executive chairperson, to officially welcome you into membership in the church. Thanks, Doug. Yes, as Doug said, we're very pleased to have you here. We've been just thrilled with the example that you've set and the, the service that you've done already. Um, I was a part of the leadership team when you came and, and spoke to us, your, more of your testimony, your life story, and with a few others that are also looking for membership. And, um, today we are celebrating you guys, and we're pleased to have you, and we do offer you the right hand of fellowship, as we call it, so welcome, <laughs> welcome to Cedar Valley. Thank you. And we have certificates of membership for you, so one for you, Kim, and for Tom. And yeah, normally at this point we would have the congregation stand and affirm your membership, but I'm very sure that they're doing that in spirit. So <laughs> we're very glad to have you. Thanks for coming to Cedar Valley. Thank you. Michelle. Thank you. Thank you, Doug. Let's, uh, let's pause for a time of prayer here together as God's church. God, we thank you for this opportunity 
to God, really to see you for who you are through your son, the incredible work. And God, we have different paths and journeys to get to that place where we celebrate in you in the midst of all of the challenges and trials that are ongoing. But God, here we are, your church. And uh, what a joy to welcome people into the fellowship here. Um, as Tom and Kim have already been serving and, and partnering with us, but God, we look forward the great things here in your church um, because we are gathering together in your name. We ask your blessing would continue as we are faithful to you and God, especially as we celebrate this time with one another. Amen. Amen. Now, you'll have opportunity after the service because we're not running away right away. Um, after the service today, uh, to encourage Tom and Kim and uh, welcome them too into the uh, fellowship that is Cedar Valley. And so we look forward to do that. But just as we wrap up, some of the things that they were, they were saying about what Jesus has done for them and how Jesus uses, how God uses the church to accomplish his purpose. One of the most significant things that Jesus Christ changes in us as individuals, is our perspective on life. You know, back in the 70s, there were two guys in a garage named Steve Wozniak and Steve Jobs that created the Apple computer. And as that young little company started to grow, they had a great vision and they had a real purpose in their mind. And so they had the audacity to go to the president of the Pepsi company and tell him that he should leave his incredible salary and all of the perks and everything that Pepsi was to come and be CEO of Apple Computers. Now, John Scully, president of Pepsi, at that time, if you remember back in the early 80s, the, the Pepsi challenge, they were challenging Coke, uh, which I think was just all made up anyways, because I wouldn't drink Pepsi. Even if I was stranded in the desert, it was the last thing to drink. But it was brilliant, this challenge right up against Coke. He, he was the one that came up with all of these incredible commercials. Remember the com Pepsi commercials? Just killed Coke commercials back then. And he told them, no, I don't think I want to leave. But Steve Jobs would be undeterred. So the story goes that Steve said to him, do you want to spend the rest of your life selling sugar water? Or do you want a chance to change the world? John Scully left Pepsi and joined Apple computer, and within a few years, they had $8 billion worth of sales. It, they changed his perspective. They gave him purpose. See, I think we all desire to make a difference in our life, to invest in something that really matters. I'm not saying that Apple computers really matter, but 
But they thought in their minds this would change the world. You want to join us in that pursuit. See, God encourages us to think about our life from the standpoint of eternity. To ponder and invest in the things that are eternal. Consider these words, Colossians chapter 3. Since you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above. For Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Jesus changes our perspective on who we are, our value, and where we give our time and our energy and our money. And what was maybe important through Jesus Christ and his new perspective maybe no longer is important to us. But maybe what wasn't important now through Jesus Christ becomes our passion and our purpose. Because Jesus brings an eternal perspective into view. For Jesus changes everything, including me. Now, God, we thank you this morning for this reminder of who you are in us through Jesus Christ. What an incredibly bold thing to do is, is to appear in person for the purpose of changing our lives. God, may we accept that, may we embrace that and rejoice in that, but also be willing to give up control of ourselves for your purpose. Thank you for your church. God, and how you have designed this to enable us to build us up to fulfill your calling upon our personal lives and the church in our community. God, give us grace and patience with one another, but a united sense of purpose in, in your will for us. And thank you for this morning, for your word, for this time to celebrate. Amen. Right. Thank you, Pastor Doug, for that message. Ending off our, our series for Advent that Jesus changes everything and that's the heart of what we wanted to focus on this Advent series is that it wasn't this one moment that happened 2,000 years ago, right? It's the fact that it, there's a continued change. Change is an action verb, and it has a real impact and, and is in action. It, you can't just stay static. You can't just, like, bring Jesus and have him as, like, a bumper sticker on part of your life. It actually changes everything within you, without you, all so, around you. So much so, yeah. yeah. One of the things we really want to be doing with that is the reverse advent calendar. It's why we partnered that with this season, partnered with the food bank here, partnered with other churches. And uh, it's a fantastic way that we're just really saying, like, hey, this is changing us. We want to be 
generous. We want to be impacting and blessing people's lives with what God's given us. And we want to be, or we want to be praying into that. That is not just food, but that this is also something that will allow Jesus to come in and change people's lives too. And so we're on the last week of that, the reverse Advent calendar. And if this is new, if this is the first time you're hearing it, you can actually still jump in this week. That's right. Yeah, yeah. start stocking up. You've got five days to go here, and uh, it'll, be, it'll be great. Absolutely. There's these calendars out in the lobby. And this Christmas Eve, this Friday, that's Friday, right? Wow. Yeah, that's coming. That's coming. Uh, what we're doing is during the day, 10 o'clock to 12 o'clock, we're doing a big drop-off. We're going to stuff the food bank in Mission here to like fill the shelves to the rafters. It's going to be amazing. They've actually just opened up way more storage space, too. They're ready for it. Uh, we've got three churches here in Mission that are partnering together to it. And what we're just going to do, we're just going to end the service off here at the time of prayer, blessing the items that we're dropping off, that we are doing, that it, it goes so much more than just supplying some food for people for a week. Yeah. So so much so. It's, it's so great to see how um, the idea that was started here um, at Cedar Valley now has grown, and it's uh, partnering with two other churches in town here. That's so exciting. Absolutely. Yeah, so uh, just pray with me for a minute here. And uh, what we have collected this past week, if, if you're doing that, is... Um, yeah, look at that. Stovetop stuffing, scalloped potatoes, craft dinner, ketchup, syrup, mayonnaise, peanut butter, big staples, and honey. Uh, so, you know, let's just, let's just bless that and uh, ask God to become, come into that. God, thank you for what you've given us, but God, also the challenge that you have expressed to us that is not just for us. God, you are acting through us to be a light, a blessing, generosity here in the town of Mission, specifically for us, but in the world, God, followers of you, have open hands, open hearts, open arms, and are just spreading what you've given us. God, uh, we just specifically bless or ask that you are involved in this moment, that when people go to receive uh, their needs, it's already such a massive step for people to go and just be humble and say, man, I need help. But God, that that is the first step towards uh, you entering into their lives, God, that your love, your grace, your compassion is present in things like craft dinner, because we know you're a big enough God for that. You can do that. God, we just pray that this is a stepping stone for people to experience your salvation and your transformation, God, that you can change everything. You can change people who are just needing to get some food to help them out through the week from the food bank. And we trust that and we believe that. So God, shine through that. We pray all these things in your name. Amen. Amen. All right. And just one more thing before we head on to our next little aspect as we continue in our day here. Jenny and I tomorrow are going to head out and uh, drop some things off for Brady at the care home in Fort Langley. And uh, we're pretty much the only family he has, Cedar Valley Church. So if you have a card uh, that you want to put on the counter there for him, I believe Jenny has one will be there that you can just sign. Put your name on it too. We're going to deliver him some cards and a few little gifts for him tomorrow. Or if you want to drop by our house any time today or tomorrow before, like we're leaving at 9 o'clock in the morning, and um, do that, and we can bless him as a church out of his care home in Portland. Mm -hmm. Awesome. All right, now, I'm wearing shorts and a hoodie this morning. Who does that remind you of? Uh, Pastor Rob, right? The guy with two hoodies and a lot of pairs of shorts. This might be one of the last Sundays that a lot of us get to see him. So I'm going to call Justin up. I'm going to call Michelle up, representing our leadership team. And we want to celebrate Pastor Rob because he's been with us for a temporary season. And I'm going to let you keep going, Justin, with this. I'm going to let you keep going with this, just uh, calling up Rob. Yeah, I think we need uh, our dear friend, Pastor Rob. He's been just an awesome, inspiring leader um, over the last 22 months. Um, 
And uh, I think us as a leadership team specifically have just, hey, Rob, you're supposed to come here. Come on up, Rob. Um, yeah, for me, and I know for the leadership team, this is a bit of a mournful day because um, it's really one of the last Sundays we'll get to have you as our leader. And uh, he has been inspiring, to say the least, and he's given me a great deal of courage. And uh, I just want to express how um, thankful that we are for having you with us and Jackie over the last number of months, and uh, we will miss you a great deal. But um, you've equipped us with uh, many things that can help us step out in, in faith for, for the next journey of, of Cedar Valley's life. So thank you. We just have a small gift for you, and we hope that you guys step out boldly too. <laughs> I know you're a man of faith, and you and Jack, you do that so, so well. So if you guys wouldn't mind uh, praying with me, I don't know if, Michelle, you have anything you'd like to say as well. I'll just add on behalf also of the leadership team that we have been very blessed with your uh, with your encouragement and with your challenges to us both. They've been great. Um, I would say, number one, thank you for pushing us as a church towards generosity. You've been really encouraging mm -hmm. us to share our blessings with our community in so many different ways, and it's been a really good little nudge that we needed, I think. Thank you for encouraging us in that direction. Jackie, why don't you come up here as well, if you're okay with that. I just would love to lay hands on you and uh, pray, you guys, pray for you guys right now. Thank you for being here, Jackie. Heavenly Father, you have placed us here in this moment. I think uh, Rob's told me this a hundred times. You're a leader for now. You are a leader here right now and in this time because God has called you here. We are, the, we are a church in mission here and now for this time. And we sometimes need a great deal of courage to step out into something that you are putting before us. And you also put people in our lives that encourage us to do that and, and this couple right here has been a major part of that for me specifically but I know for the leadership team and also for this congregation these last 22 months have been exhausting I think for all of us and it is so nice and awesome to have people surrounding you like Rob like Jackie that see through that darkness Find your light despite the other stuff. And we just, we want to step out in courage. And we ask that you help them do the same into the next season of their life. And we are just so blessed to have them. And Jesus, be a part of this church. Be our focus, be our friend, and be our leader. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, and also, you know what? Some of us were actually bold enough to wear shorts. Thanks, Tom and Tom. You guys are great. 
and uh, Anne Grant. I was supposed to. I totally forgot. I got three kids. It's a good excuse. Um, but, but in true Rob fashion, I think we also have some uh, uh, a small meal outside, some fried chicken uh, outside for you. So if, you, if you'd like, I think it's uh, getting set up right now. And grab a, grab a little meal on the way out. You're welcome to sit anywhere in the congregation. Oh, wow. and, what? I'm serious. We did chicken for you. <laughs> you ever had lunch with Rob? It's like, where do you want to go? Fried chicken. So it's like the, the one go-to. So if you guys want to partake with us uh, today, feel free to find space in the, in the sanctuary here or in the lobby and uh, participate with us as we just kind of celebrate uh, this wonderful man and his beautiful wife. So thanks again for joining us this morning. Yeah, thanks. Have a great Sunday if you're uh, moving on from here.